Before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are Aperba, Nate Hansen, Rock the Green, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Kelby Goodman, Greg Whalen, Zach Duran, Daniel and Cara Lighting, and John Getz. Thank you guys so much for supporting our podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We of course are your hosts, I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we are discussing uh, something very funny. I read it often. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's uh, a cool publication. Uh, we'll we'll dive into the actual history of everything and and kind of its importance uh, and start here in the state. But we're talking about the Onion, and uh, we're very excited about this. Russ and I both have uh, some of our favorite articles. Exactly. <laughs> we're this one's going to be a little less of a. Uh, we're going to give you the history, but then we're also just going to give you a rundown of some of our absolute favorite headlines uh, and the topics of some of the, the different articles uh, that we that we really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so, again, too, uh, just a, a little bit of a disclaimer, if you will. Um, it, it, some of these, you know, have some sort of, a, you know, like a political take or, you know, it might be, you know, something like sensitive material or something. Just know that this is not a reflection of oh, no. of Russ and I. This, <laughs> no. We're just talking about the onion today. This is the the main uh, segment of the episode, and and uh, uh, again, definitely not a reflection of of him or I uh, yeah. and, and our viewpoints or anything. We like, just think these are you know funny funny headlines. When Obama was in office, black man gets the worst job in the United yeah. States. Just, <laughs> it's like it's Obama a picture of him just waving. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who wants to be president? So we'll dive into a little <laughs> bit more of the history of the onion here in a second. Uh, we also have great Wisconsin music from a band called Rust Belt. Um, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of a rundown of uh, of the history of that uh, as well, because uh, they formerly had a different name as well. So uh, just so everybody knows a little bit of the history of that band and the and the kind of group, we'll uh, we'll give a little bit more detail later. But I promise you, the music is absolutely stellar. It's so good, so catchy. Um, you may have noticed, uh, I mean, obviously on the rest of the episode, we are going to do another brew review, gotta, and we are going to do, of course, the infamous, how many locos you have? Wow. Um, but just uh, a few updates here. You know, we, we, uh, we took a little bit of a hiatus there for a little bit, a little bit of a break. Uh, we, we were both kind of on, uh, vacations and, and had some other things scheduled, uh, personal life wise. Uh, we thought, what better time than you know over the uh, the, the holiday to kind of treat ourselves to a little bit of a break and 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 get out. I know for me uh, personally, we went and followed uh, Dead and Company, uh, the the newest uh, cover band for the the Grateful Dead. I don't know if anybody, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody follows it. You know, if you're a Deadhead out there or anything like that. But essentially, it's 
you know, John Mayer stepped into the Jerry Garcia role. He's playing with uh, a few of the surviving members of the Grateful Dead. Uh, big tours. We went out to Colorado and, and Indiana. We saw him in St. Louis. Uh, so uh, very enjoyable time. Uh, Russ, what have you been up to? Yeah, I mean, obviously with the 4th of July fireworks and stuff. But I, also I'm taking classes at Purdue University. So I just got a little bit ahead of my studies currently doing agronomy, which maybe isn't the most exciting for most people, but yeah. learning about soil science and uh, plants. And Is it uh, true that some women fake agronomy? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe with me. I, <laughs> I don't even know what the hell agronomy is. So it's basically just studying it's agricultural soil. Yeah, studies. Yeah, just, just studying like the eggs, um, fertilizers, um, row spacing, crops. Roast beefing? Roast beefs. Yeah. Uh, roast. But like just basically soils, fertilizers, treatments of soils. Like nice. Just making your field a little bit healthier than it already So you're is. really diving into the, the ag now. Yeah, not I only mean, do you work for you know the farm implement you know engineering company, but you're like, well, it's it's really fuck ni- it. It's really nice when you're dealing with farmers. A lot of times, like I mean, they ask you for advice, and it'd be better to have a more knowledge and reading off a pamphlet you're yeah. given to actually like tell them if you see something or if there's something wrong with their plants, like if it's missing like phosphorus or potassium, sure, or if it's not getting enough nitrogen, you're gonna see that on the leaves. Like so, yeah. you can give them some some pointers on their field. Even you can take like some measurements and stuff like that, just just to help out more with my job yeah it's mainly why i'm doing it so yeah it's good i mean obviously it's always best to talk to somebody who's knowledgeable who, who yeah. can speak the 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 language and you know it, it, the way that i can kind of equate it, it you know and tell me if this is uh right but it's like when you go to guitar center and you're talking to somebody who's never played the instrument versus you go to cream city oh yeah and, exactly. and you're talking to guys who play out you know probably multiple times a it's week some emo kid that wants to get into the biz but yeah. he, like doesn't know anything like exactly at guitar center compared to some guys probably playing for 40 years and can exactly. set it up the way you really want it you yeah know, it's yeah so it's it that's the difference is you're trying to become i'm just a, yeah. a more a more well-rounded uh knowledgeable guy and, and in I that already, field i mean obviously i already had like soil science and other like plant tax and stuff like that but it, it doesn't really give me the agricultural background it's more of identification now i can identify like like pests and just better management. And I wanted to get ahead, obviously, for the podcast and other things I have going on in my life. So I took a I took a week and I just kind of worked ahead a little bit just to get ahead in my class. And yeah. now we're back at the podcast and here I am. Smart. So, yeah. So those are the updates. Uh, glad to be back, though, uh, providing you all the ridiculous content that you need, I suppose, uh, this, this weekly uh blabbering if you will of of <laughs> yeah. some some fact some you know but then you know hey we we also had uh, some time to uh to really kind of rest and relax so that way we can be as funny as possible for you so we're we're happy to be back maybe, um maybe, right? <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be funny i don't yeah. know uh hey normal ramblings here uh, WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com is where you can find all the information that you need about this podcast. Uh, if you want, you can also become a sponsor. That's Patreon. If you go to our website, uh, there's a link directly for that. Um, you can choose the amount that you want to uh, to, to essentially donate to us uh, to help kind of keep things rolling here. Uh, goes for uh, the different beers. It goes to any different adventures that we might go and, and check out different breweries. Pro- or probably, what would you th- what would you say when we spent probably the majority is music. You think and I would music, think yeah, exactly. music and beer so, are probably the biggest you know uh, money pit for us exactly. And then s- systems wise, you know, in order to get the the podcast out to uh, all these different 
Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. True. Yeah. The, and then the yearly the, subscription, exactly, the cost that, yeah. of the, the website yeah. and the servers and all that stuff. It's so if, if you'd like to do that, we'd really appreciate it. It's great. Obviously, we read uh, those individuals names at the beginning of the uh, the episodes uh, as well. So there's, you know, some nice credit given uh, to yeah, those just individuals. Definitely it's, huge appreciation. Yeah. Even if it's a buck, if somebody gives you a dollar, I mean, it's, exactly. it's awesome. I mean, yeah. for us, it's, that absolutely pays for one song. And, yeah. And oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I, I would. I would. You know. Really. You know. It, it's just another another thing. I don't have to necessarily factor into the the finances. For know. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we will uh, dive into the onion now. This is going to be amazing. Um, so, I guess I, I'd like to start by asking you, Russ, in particular. What was your what, what was your first memory of the onion? When when did you first what what is the the recollection of your first seeing or reading of this and and just kind of walk me through that i mean i i think i remember walking down state street and i saw this publication and i saw one of the headlines and and at the time i th- i can't remember who was in office but it was some satire on them like but it like looked like a legit paper right right and obviously at the time i was just a kid out of high school kind of walking down state street and i see this like what is going on like this this can't be real right? yeah like this is just so messed up but exactly but yeah then i ended up finding out a little bit more about it and i, I was like oh man this publication is amazing like i got to learn more about it and uh that's kind of where we're at today. So. Yeah. And uh, mine, very similar story. I was actually in middle school and the uh, we took a, a, a youth group trip to Madison. Uh, we had like some sort of a, a something or other uh, that was stationed there at like a big uh, conference center of like a hotel or something. But as we were staying there, we would also like walk down State Street and we would go to, you know, restaurants for lunch or something like that. And I remember, same as you, seeing this publication and I'm like, this is a this is a real newspaper. And, you know, the headlines were uh, just (laughs) eye opening. And it made me question, like, is this real or not? And then you start diving in and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, this is political satire. Uh, This is. Um, it's kind of like when you'd have like a mad joke, mad, a mad TV magazine exactly. or something similar to that, yeah. that you would grab as a kid and laugh your ass off. Exactly. You know? And so that's exactly what my, you know, uh, first memories and recollection of the onion is. Um, now the onion, uh, I'm just going to give you a, like the little brief history here, uh, of, of kind of where it all started. But uh, the company is actually based uh, in Chicago now, but originated as a weekly print publication, uh, August 29th, 1988. That was in Madison, Wisconsin. Which is pretty awesome. Which is amazing, yeah. So this was actually pretty pretty close to the same time that I was born. Um, so, in, uh, so the Madison history is 1988 to 2001. Uh, conceived by University of Wisconsin students Tim Keck, and uh, Christopher Johnson, The Onion was actually founded as a weekly print newspaper for satirical news in 1988 in Madison. Um, they had friends uh, with them as well, uh, Scott Dickers as a cartoonist uh, and uh, Peter Hayes uh, as a publisher. So they they really involved their, their yeah, tight like circle. The, the people that they knew that were kind yeah. of already in this. And obviously they're, they're college students, so uh, they, they really surrounded themselves with really like-minded people friends and then they decided to, to start this thing which was hilarious uh, in 1989 then Keck and Johnson sold the paper uh, to Dickers and Hayes for $16,000 uh, 
Uh, so the the publisher and the cartoonist that we just talked about, they're now the owners uh, as of 1989. They probably um, saw like how well this thing was going to do because it's just yeah. so freaking hilarious, you know. Yeah, and there are some uh, discrepancies. Some people say it was nineteen thousand dollars. Some people say it was sixteen thousand dollars. Depends on what source you talk about, but still. Sixteen to nineteen thousand dollars. Pretty reasonable for, for what it is today. I yeah, mean, and I and, and it wasn't a, a a long. There was not not a long history at that point. So it started eighty eight. They made the sale in eighty nine. So uh, it, it wasn't quite established. You know, the the good ideas were probably there, the thought was there, and and the drive and desire. But the, you know, in eighty nine, it wasn't quite as as you know popular as you might think it is you know um, i just i just imagine a whole bunch of buddies drinking beer with posted notes like writing down headlines and like this yeah. funny funny ass shit to like basically like just rip on you taking know, real stories and and instead you know reporting on you know some false thing that that you know is, <laughs> yeah. is completely uh left-sided you know it's just it's so cool it's just it's a such a and, funny idea and i mean like they, there was like a the end of h's george h's so yeah. there's a lot of funny shit i mean with desert storm and all that yeah and then you got into the clinton administration i mean there's there's a room for a lot of jokes there so. well it's kind of like saturday night live you know they they love they love a, a good presidency and i don't mean a good presidency i mean a good presidency oh yeah and if you think of some of the the past ones we've had there's been amazing headlines that can come oh, out of there. Clinton, with, with, I was going to say, yeah, like... with with Trump, both of the Bushes, Clinton, Reagan, even you know, there's there's been no no shortage of amazing Saturday Night Live sketches based on the president. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Same with the Onion. Essentially, going back to '88, there has been no shortage of of really great headlines produced based on. Uh, the ridiculous presidencies, you know, it's it's just amazing. It was it was kind of like me and you. Like I bet it seriously was like when we were on the back porch drinking beer. Like what did we we came up with? Uh, cum tree music stars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fist Gapleton and what were basically other? porn. Yeah, yeah, pelvis wrestling. Porn names based on country music yeah, stars. Yeah, p- pelvis wrestling was yeah. a pretty good. One. Spank, Spank Williams Jr. Girth Brooks. Girth Brooks. I yeah. forgot about all those. Man, <laughs> so good. Um. Oh man. We get so many good ones. Shania Taint. Shania, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah, that and that honestly that was, was like the, the best, you know, like four or five hours of laughing oh, yeah. that we've ever had. It was amazing. Um, so after the sale in '89, uh, Keck and Johnson separately became publishers of similar alternative weeklies. Um, so they didn't get out of the business completely. So Keck uh, joined the Stranger in Seattle, uh, and Johnson. Uh, of the weekly alibi in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, so Hayes left the onion after 15 years and eventually opened a custom framing shop in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Um, and, um, Dickers who originally joined the staff as a cartoonist, uh, said he was, uh, a de facto editor by the third issue and became the onions longest serving editor. Um, for that was 88 to 99. And then he picked it back up from 2005 to 2008. So, uh, spent a lot of good years there. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and gave us a lot of good content. Yeah, I mean, like that's kind of just your basic intro on it. Um, but yeah, it's been going. I mean, I think even today they're still publishing the actual paper itself. I don't know that the paper. I know they still do going. have the digital. Yeah, so I think in 2013. So we'll we'll jump into that here in a second. But um, the um, the I think yeah, I think it was 2013 was like the last official like Print. newspaper and it ceased okay yeah 
Um, but I guess in the earliest years, the Onion was successful in a number of uh, university locations. Of course, I mean, as you would imagine, right? Um, individuals who are are you know maybe not quite necessarily into the working world yet that can still have fun. The world hasn't completely ruined them yet. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, Madison was in his prime in like the late eighties too. Oh, obviously yeah. with um, Butch Vig. I was just gonna say Butch Vig. I mean, like Madison studios. was on top of the world at this point. Yeah. University of uh, Illinois at Urbana and Champaign. That was, uh, uh, you know, their, uh, another huge campus that they basically were, were uh, involved in, uh, and, and that really enjoyed the, uh, the publication. So, um, the publication actually primarily consisted of a mix of, uh, Dicker's cartoons, uh, spy magazine, like satire and short fiction, uh, great reads, uh, even, yeah. even beyond the headlines, which, the headlines are what what really make the the rounds today. Uh, they still put out the the little clips with the the just like funny headlines, but there's not so much necessarily content. Um, but it's uh, regardless, it is some of the most hilarious shit I've ever read in my <laughs> yeah. life. Um, but uh, so the uh, the the bottom three uh, inches were reserved as ad space uh, for coupons. Uh, typically purchased by local or student-centered uh, uh, or inexpensive things, um, such as eateries and video rental stores and stuff like that. Obviously, <laughs> video rental stores don't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. But well, um, you don't kind of see a blockbuster in there anymore. But yeah, yeah. But the earliest years, I mean, that was the the whole thing is that they were able to uh, basically pay for the newspaper by allowing the ad space on the bottom three uh, uh, inches of the actual publication, which is that's genius. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it really cuts the the amount of uh, uh, you know money that you need to spend in order to you know make the thing happen. Um, in uh, 1993, uh, June 16th issue, uh, the Daily Iowan ran a profile of Dickers uh, in which it stated that Dickers still lives in Madison, spending about five hours a week on Jim's Journal and the rest of the time as co-owner of the satirical newspaper called The Onion. So, uh, uh, you know, obviously. Dickers is uh, is knee deep in this thing. This is a you know a a, a passion project for him uh, at this point. Um, so in 1996, when it was still only a newspaper, an Onion article titled "Clinton Deploys Vowels to Bosnia" <laughs> <laughs> uh, was widely disseminated online without uh, attribution. So the this was like during the internet boom. Yeah, this is like right when the internet's really taken off, where people have home computers, they're in everybody's homes, and dial-up internet was was you know just kind of taking off. At least for me, it was. I know that's around the same time well, was that it we like, got it. Yeah, we got it like because uh, I was in middle school when it came out. So Elknet. we had, yeah we had Elknet, and then we had Netscape. It was like the first one we worked on. Yeah, I think it was Netscape. Yeah, we we didn't we had like the little. Uh, the the little CDs that would come in the, like the video game magazines where I oh, could yeah. get like the fifty a- free hours an AOL or whatever yeah uh, and Netscape was part of it too like you've got mail yeah I remember that shit that's a long time ago and then I think the the first time that we ever paid for any any internet was through Elknet which oh, is yeah. With, uh, that now was like a, a charter type it, it company was that like the uh, phone company where you had to pay the yeah. bills was where Elknet yep. was yeah, you yeah drove we had Elknet too through the drive through and you could just yeah, pop it yeah in the, I remember in the that box, holy yeah. cow um. Over by the Chamber of Commerce and stuff down there? Kind yeah. Of, over in that area? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. um, so the the news article uh, uh, or the newspaper publication in 1996 essentially got kind of like hacked almost by them putting this on the internet 
without you know without basically saying that this was an onion article um and uh so the um the, the, they basically were trying to think of how are we going to be able to combat this well this is where they give birth to the onion uh, official website now uh the onion.com so they could properly claim credit for all this content that was being passed around uh, uh online and different places which makes sense yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it, it And plus like with fake news and stuff like that didn't really it wasn't a big thing back then, but like people take the shit like, "Oh my god." Well, right. Well, now all I of mean? a sudden like, because it's written, they're like, "This is gospel now. Yeah, this is real." For sure. And so, you know, to to essentially to essentially say they they were early adopters in in the internet and wanted credit for, you know, the the hard work <laughs> yeah. that they were putting out there because obviously the publication can't be uh distributed everywhere. You know, college campuses are an easy target, um, but not every city, you know, has a, a big college campus either. So uh, this is a great way to expand uh, into that that large market and yeah. get in front of everybody at their homes. Um, the publication received uh, expanded global recognition as a result of the website. Um, and in two, in a 2002 interview, uh, then editor in chief Rob Siegel said, if you look at the breakdown of people who read The Onion online, it's like the Microsoft, Dell Computers, the Department of Justice, and then like University of Wisconsin. So it's a combination of students and pretty impressive people. Uh, I get the feeling that the print version is read by people hanging out in bars. That's probably true. Or Not walking wrong. around State Street. Uh, exactly. Usually where I would grab it. Yeah, so. exactly. And that that's kind of cool too. But, you know, obviously State Street being right next to the Capitol, oh, there, yeah. there, there are some really impressive figures and, and political people that are, are down there as well. So Tommy Thompson, can you imagine him reading that? He story? probably did. He probably did. That's what I'm saying yeah. this time. Yeah, exactly. Um. So sometime after The Onion appeared online in 1996, the publication was threatened with a lawsuit from <laughs> Janet Jackson. Oh, smokes. This yeah. Because of the article, Dying Boy Gets Wish to Pork Janet Jackson. <laughs> um, That's awesome. I could see why she might be upset by this, you know? Um, if, if you get, like, had a last wish, though, I mean, it's not such a bad thing. <laughs> I would. I mean, Sure. And and this is you know around Just pork. Janet. <laughs> the fact that they said pork makes it even like this is the, this is the late '90s. So Janet Jackson was still you know the, the pop star of the of that generation. So um, they were very nearly sued out of existence by Janet Jackson. Said Siegel, adding that in the past he was forbidden to talk about the legal <laughs> matter and the celebrity involved. So oh man, yeah, he like, it he essentially a big deal a cease and desist order. <laughs> It's kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> I would. I think that was so funny. <laughs> and now here's where we get some really cool uh, uh, mentions from some really notable uh, yeah. uh, things. So in '98, MTV premiered Virtual Bill, a collaboration between writers of The Onion and 3D character uh, studio Protoza, Protozoa. And uh, the the titular uh, virtual Bill character was a quasi realistic CGI version of Bill Clinton, uh, Back created then it was by the studio protocol. Trash CGI. I'm sure. Yeah. And I, well, that that would have been that was actually around the same time as uh, Toy Story. Pixar was a huge studio back then, and it looked great. A friend in I don't know if they had uh, uh, Pixar type money though. Obviously, um, but it's really cool that MTV yeah, for collaborated. Sure. Uh, with you know this small time publication oh, from Madison, Wisconsin, all this originating from Madison, yeah. Which is... um, 
So, you know, we're talking about really cool 3D CGI technology with MTV. We're getting some really cool notoriety here. Then, in 1999, when Jon Stewart became the host of The Daily Show, which, again, one of my absolute all-time I love satirical shows ever. Like, I mean, he was better. I think he was, I think he was better than Steve Colbert. A hundred percent. What's the new one? Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. He's, he's taking okay. a step back too, though. Is he? Yeah, yeah he, he was, already he's announced okay. his. He was no John Stewart. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. So, the Daily Show. Uh, uh, he. Uh, so we're we're literally talking about the Daily Show, and they they stole uh, um, uh, the head writer at the time uh, uh, of the for the newly restructured show with John Daly. They were like, you know what? We need to get somebody who's really good. Get the onion guy. Yeah. Uh, Because we need it. And obviously, the the Jon Stewart Daily Show was um, essentially... The, the TV version the, of it was political the satire onion. online. It was amazing on TV, basically. So. Um, so here we are. We've got just in 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 the within the first eleven years of this thing existing, you've already collaborated with MTV. You've already collaborated with Comedy Central on the John Ster- John Stewart's Daily Show. Um, that's absolutely fucking incredible. Um, then again, in '99, writers and editors of the Onion attended U.S. Comedy Arts Festival that's in Aspen, Colorado, uh, in part to promote the forthcoming Our Dumb Century anthology, and were met with uh, uh, effusive praise uh, for the work. And uh, notable comedians such as Conan O'Brien, Dave Foley, and Dave Thomas, uh, as well as cartoonist Peter Bag uh, and, and musician Andy Pryboy. Those are some big names. Those guys all basically said, we fucking love The Onion, and that that's huge. I mean, just That's think, getting a pat on, on the back from, like, people in your same field. I mean, think how many jokes have come out of, like, Onion articles. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like on those shows. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, again, you know, a lot of this is, uh, you know, you take, you take some of what you read and, and you spin it yourself. And I think, I can't help but think that that's exactly what happened with, you know, even, like, The Daily Show. Um, you know, the, the the onion kicked off a lot of that stuff, uh, and and I'm sure you know uh, the onion has been referenced uh, a thousand times without actually being called you know being called out by name. Yeah, and that sucks because <laughs> I have a feeling it could be even bigger than it you know than it than it is or was. You know, we'll we'll dive into that a little bit further here, but. Uh, uh, in April of 2000, so we're going to continue to to advance here. DreamWorks Studios actually optioned two stories from the satirical newspaper, uh, one of them being Canadian Girlfriend un- Unsubstantiated, uh, which was to be written uh, by the former Onion editor uh, and writer Rich Dom. And then the second one was Tenth Circle added to rapidly growing hell um, with an eye toward producing the latter as a family comedy. So... We're talking about DreamWorks, a huge production studio, now optioning some of these headlines or articles uh, to potentially make movies or TV shows. That's pretty fucking awesome. They made Shrek, bro. They did. (laughs) They made Shrek. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) What was... No. What what, what else did DreamWorks make? Anything good? Uh, They've they've had a lot of stuff. I just can't remember all of it. I mean... I feel like they Puss consistently Boots, like live. the Shrek series, like yeah. the kids watch that. All I feel the like they, comp- they 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 typically live in the shadows of Pixar because Pixar just yeah. gets the bigger name. Because what was the other one that they had was about those racing snails Turbo? I think was oh yeah, came yeah. Out. They had they had quite a few actually, and that sucked. <laughs> just I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, it's just, the kids like I I think it sucks balls, but I think it sucks big dicks. But <laughs> um, so in um, 
so the 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 history of uh, of the Onion in Madison stops here, and now we're in New York City. This is 2001 to 2012. Um, so now they relocated its editorial offices from Madison uh, to a renovated warehouse in the Chelsea uh, neighborhood of Manhattan. So uh, they're they're doing this in efforts to really raise the Onion's profile. Uh, and and hopefully try to become better uh, and, and expand the publication. Just, you got more distribution in New York, right? Yeah. It's one of the most heavily populated cities besides L.A. I mean, you're going from Madison, which, you know, when you have students there, maybe 100,000 people yeah. compared to New York where there's millions. You yeah. know, it's it's a pretty no-brainer for something doing that well. Yeah, makes makes complete sense uh, to, to, to make that move. You know, although I don't love it. None of us do here no. in Wisconsin, but it, it had to be done. Now here comes a little bit of an unfortunate uh, history. Uh, in 2001, Miramax Films uh, head Harvey Weinstein announced that Ooh. he had reached uh, a first-look agreement to develop scripts <laughs> and features uh, from The Onion. Um, it, so not great, obviously, knowing what we know about Harvey Weinstein now. He's trying to rave some ideas here. He's He really is, yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem, is that, you know... You, we don't know the full history of, of somebody in 2001. Right. And, and you know, you as a company, uh, the onion, you're just going based off of what you know in that moment. And Hey, this guy was a movie magnet. He, he could, he could produce good shit. Um, obviously I think if that same thing were to try to happen like today or even, you know, maybe 10 years ago, it wouldn't happen. You know, they would, they would instantly shoot it down. Um, so that's early on in, in the history of the New York City move. Um, 2003, The Onion was purchased by David Schaefer, who had previously managed a, a $2.5 billion investment fund uh, from previous longtime owners Peter Hayes and Scott Dickers. So um, the sale was a process that had been in work since July of 2001, and according to a memo from the owner, uh, Hayes, uh, Schaefer understands our quirky company and knows that we need uh, some time to get a higher level of operations and sales. So um, a- another sale, changing hands. Uh, the the previous people say, the new guys know. They they get it. They get what we're doing here. So that's great, right? They're, gonna, they're not going to change it much, you know? Um, but I think that's going to end up being where I don't want to say a, a downfall starts to happen. It, it becomes more corporate. It yeah, moves around and exactly. it changes hands. And, and you know, it's like it, anything, as soon as you like kind of suck it up into the mainstream, it, it's pretty much how it goes. It's, yeah. And so uh, in 2007, we see an uptick here. The Onion News Network is launched, uh, which is uh, a parody of the visual style and breathless reporting of 24 hour cable news like CNN. So this is basically <laughs> the Onion CNN. It's great, right? Um, and in 2008, Carol Kolb uh, became the head writer of the Onion News Network um, with the role of the publication's editor being taken over by Joe Randazzo. Um, so we're seeing a lot of really great uh, 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 increase here. They're, they're on the rise. You know, they've, they've not only expanded to New York, uh, which, you know, increases that, that distribution, but then they also said... We're going to start making movie deals. We're going to start selling some of these ideas. Yeah. Plus, now we've got this cable news network that is going to be, you know, rival to CNN, right? And, <laughs> and I mean, rival to. And I mean, really, like, it's like today, like with social media, you're basically paying for, like, the following. 
yeah. at this point, really. Like the influence yeah. and the following is more. I'm paying like, for likes. Yeah. No, I mean, basically is what's going on here. It's kind of transitioning to the, like the new modern thing we're, we're, we're talking about here. And it continues to change hands, Eric. And do you want to talk a little bit more about where it moves from New York? Yeah. So in uh, 2012, uh, we see a shift to Chicago. Which. Boo. Yeah. Obviously. But still where it's at today in Forge. But. Um, but that's that's the big move is that uh, uh, basically they they uh, move everybody core editorial staff now based in Chicago uh, in March of 2012 and um, there there was a new uh, uh, editor in chief announced and everything like that so th- the thing is we're we're kind of expressing the fact that it's now changed hands a few different times and I think with with most things and I think that this is falling into that same idea when you change hands. You start to lose the the initial focus. Oh, for sure. And and what's what's crazy is I didn't realize because you remember BuzzFeed, right? Yeah. Did you know Onion actually had their own kind of spinoff of BuzzFeed oh, called wow. Clickhole? Nice. I don't know if BuzzFeed is even around anymore because it was kind of they a are. it was yeah. kind of a mid tens, I guess, two thousand tens. Yeah, they still do uh, YouTube videos for sure. Uh, I don't know exactly where we're at with with you know everything, but uh, I still see them every once in a while. But yeah, you're right. Um, 2014. That was a, a thing that they had created. It's a spinoff website called Clickhole. I remember that yeah. too. It was, and it's crazy. I, I had no idea. It, like all came from the Onion. It was just like a spinoff. Yeah, and essentially what it is is it's just kind of parodying clickbait. So yeah, exactly. I, that where they're like, <laughs> "Where's the cast of Saved by the Bell now? You top, won't believe what you see." Top ten douchebag actors. Check yeah, it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. For and sure. so you've all clicked on those things. This was a new parody version of that. Um, so. You know, they really are following the times. And in, and in some cases, because this is all the way back in 2014, this is actually kind of almost ahead of its time. Yeah. Like, they're getting in on the ground floor of some of this stuff. It's not like they're reacting. They're actually getting in uh, at an earlier time on a lot of this stuff. Um, they, they did announce uh, in 2015... Uh, uh, that there was a restructuring of the organization, layoffs, oh, as well as a like series of management changes. Yeah. Um, so, like we kind of said, we're we're starting to see the the twist of uh, of the fact that it changed so many hands, and they've lost the initial idea and, and the purpose of the thing from its um, grassroots to the corporation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And like so, anything, it takes off. I mean, look at look at what is a goose island. <laughs> I always talk oh, yeah, about yeah, that getting bought out by Budweiser, but you can't blame yeah. them for taking that big deal. I'd take the lump sum too and say, I'm not going to work anymore. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you can't blame them, but yeah. you also feel bad because they lost the focus of what it originally was. You know? And I think that's the big loss here is uh, that's something that, that throughout the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, it was an amazing publication that you could you could always rely on as a as a nice laugh, a and nice it, chuckle. And it's still pretty funny. It's just sad that they had to do like all the corporate restructure, like yeah. the layoffs and all that. But Eric, um, when it comes to this, do you have any favorite like headliners that you that you remember? So before before I jump into that really quick, I just want to say that yeah, the, yeah. the print edition uh, only lasted from eighty eight to two thousand. 13. So 1988 to 2013 during the onion print editions, 25 year run. Um, you know, they, they basically had their, their print publication. Um, in throughout that time, they also had added a website and all that stuff, but the actual print version of it, that looks like a newspaper, um, it, it, that in 2013, it had, it had come to an end. My heavy, um, my heavy reading was probably around 2009 to about 2000. Yeah. 2012 when I was going to school. Yeah. Which is when I heavily read. So I did just want to say that, you know, that the the print version of it uh, 
is gone, but like you had said, you think they're still going today. They are. And it and it's just in that digital form. Yeah, exactly. And you yeah. can still like add them on Facebook right now and see some of the hilarious that's a good, stuff that they. That's a good thing to know because I I had thought I guess for some reason that uh, that they they weren't around at all. Yeah. And and I'm glad to know that some of the stuff that I'm seeing more recently is still that's new stuff. Because I like you said I'll be scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or something and I'll see <laughs> I'll see you pop up yeah. and just laugh your ass off. Because I the one that I always like laughed about was the Special Olympics. T ball stand pitches the perfect game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it is I absolutely that, hilarious. I was dude. laughing so hard. Our study reveals that babies are stupid. <laughs> I know <laughs> it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the one? Uh, uh, study fi- or uh, study finds that dolphins are not are so intelligent. Not so intelligent when on, brought land. on land. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I used to have a stack of those, uh, like at when I was like living in my apartment, because they were just hunt funny to go back and reference and read when you're having a bad day, and like drugs win the drug war, <laughs> drugs Drug, finally win. Drugs finally win the drug war. <laughs> there were just so many good ones that I. Here's remember. this one. Winner didn't even know it was a pie eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I was just here. I for just pie fucking chowing down, know, bro. bro. Yeah, I'm not really sure what you guys are talking about. But no, I I really this was awesome that we got to talk about it because I did know its roots were in Madison, Wisconsin. I didn't actually realize how many hands it's changed <laughs> in this, since then. This one is so good. Dolphin spends amazing vacation swimming with stockbroker. <laughs> <laughs> the roles were just reversed, you know. Or the dickhead in the Sanchez jersey turns out to actually be Mark Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> so good. The butt fumble, dude. <laughs> Um, exercise ball all the way over there. <laughs> Talk about, uh, yeah, it's just get <laughs> the exercise ball. I don't want to get it. It's all the way over there. <laughs> the exercise ball. It's so good. Awesome. Yeah, but no, definitely check it out. If you haven't added them on Facebook, definitely add the onion. I mean, it always yeah, cheer your day they... up once in a while. It'll pop up on your feed with some ridiculous <laughs> shit. And I think they have a good, uh, um, Instagram following as well. So I, I would say definitely do that on any of the social medias you use you should give them a follow and expect that you're going to get uh, a couple of really good headlines uh, a week where it just makes you you know almost fall out of your chair laughing because this shit is hilarious yeah like what what, um, what was one recently they had oh competitive competitive man with depression thinks his depression's worse than yours or something like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah it's so good yeah. he's a one-upper but he's yeah, got yeah, depression yeah. so he's just more sad than you yeah Jeez. And the articles are good too. Um, yeah, they're like I've actually, there's been, actually a full written. It's not just the headline. They yeah. actually they actually write an article yeah. underneath. I've always been more of the headline guy. I just take the headline for what it is. I imagine what what is going to be written in there. But yeah. the articles, when you do dive into them, are absolutely expertly crafted. Really well written. The, this the is fact a, that they have an editor for satire is pretty amazing. Oh, absolutely phenomenal! Right. Um, it's like organized chaos. It's just fantastic. And to me, this is a treasure that, that we can claim as Wisconsinites. And, you know, even though its roots are here and it's not really necessarily so much here now, uh, the idea is at least we're the ones who gave birth to it. Okay. Yep. It's always going to be our kid. And that's what I love. So now on to our Wisconsin music segment. Uh, we've got a fantastic, fantastic artist uh, from Milwaukee area and originally went by the, the name Juice Box with like fucking six, a lot of X's. six X's or something like that. 
Um, he kind of left that uh, that that inspiration behind a little bit, uh, and and is moving forward in this new transformation, um, it, because that was like ten years of like music for him, and um, it, it was kind of rap inspired ish. Yeah. Um, still had really great music to it, but uh, was was a little bit more uh, rap or hip hop. Um, now he's kind of going more into this like underground pop direction, indie-ish, uh, even with a little bit of like punk influence as well. Yeah. Um, there's, there's great articles actually written about this Milwaukee mag. Um, it, it, it had produced something Milwaukee record.com had, had written an article, uh, about, uh, his, his new transition into his new name, rust belt. Um, it, it's absolutely amazing. This stuff is super catchy. I know he even covered uh, a song by another Milwaukee great, The Promise Ring. Oh, of course. Legends. Yes. Absolute legends in like the post... Uh, uh, what would you say? Post-punk? P- uh, kind of like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And so the there's, there's uh, some new stuff that, that's out there from Rust Belt. He's constantly putting out new, uh, new music and... Uh, creating like small EPs and stuff. But the, the song that we chose um, is from the Rust Belt EP. This was actually released in 2022. And um, the song is When I'm Feeling Manic. And I think from the minute that you start hearing kind of like that, like keys or piano in the beginning, um, you're, you're hooked. It's got a great line to it that, that everybody can kind of just hum along to. And then you hear his unique voice and I absolutely love it. Um, there, there's something about it. He's a great lyricist too. And I think he plays out around the Milwaukee area too, like cactus club. And yeah. All, and those, yeah, so I remember catch a show. I remember <clears throat> when he was still going by juice box, he opened for telethon at x-ray arcade it, telethon or brave you. One of the bands that my link is in. Um, and that was my first introduction to uh, seeing him live. Full energy, dude. This awesome. guy is all over the fucking stage, rocking out. Absolutely fuck. I mean, it's just, it's what you want to see in a local show. Bringing the energy. Yes. And, you know, that's one thing I love about Telethon as well. The You know, Jack, one of the guitarists, he's jumping around nonstop, flailing his hair around. Then you've got, you know, Gene Jacket over on the keys. Uh, he's absolutely going wild. He also plays, you know, the uh, bells or whatever they're called, uh, xylophone. I mean, this th- th- these bands, this is what you want to see in that local music. When you pay, you know, a, a $10 cover to get in and, and you they've got, you know, four or five local bands in this thing, you want to see them just absolutely enjoying what they're doing. And that's what I love about, you know, bands like Rust Belt is he's putting his absolute heart and soul into these songs, which are absolutely awesome. And then when he goes and plays live, he's full of energy, man. And and it's it's so great to see. Again, this song, When I'm Feeling Manic, is just a great song. It it's yeah. something you absolutely expect you would hear on like 1021 if if it was more mainstream. Um but you can, in fact, hear it on uh some Milwaukee local stations, uh eighty eight nine, I think ninety one seven. If you have a chance, listen, I think, to eighty eight nine uh, on on like the app, I think there's like an app, or you can stream it. Do it because you're. I think at least once an hour they play a local Milwaukee artist, 
and it's great. I was actually stuff. listening to it this morning on my way to the airport. Isn't it, it was, great? It was great. Yeah, they had yeah. like Death Cab on there, some local stuff. It was really nice. Yeah, so. yeah, and and you've got the different DJs that that play kind of their style. So like, you know, in the mornings I listen to Dory Zori on eighty eight nine. She has amazing taste in these indie kind of bands, and. Uh, does a little bit of a like a throwback. She calls it uh, the the what's sizzling in my head, uh, what's sizzling around in my head. They call it musical bacon, um, and and it's always just a really cool throwback to and and it's something that she just can't get out of her head. It's like a you know that that loop where you're like just singing it all day, and she's like she comes up with one of these I think every day. It's it's cool, and, and there there is a uh, a musical bacon uh, playlist on I think Spotify. Awesome. So if you really just want to hear what she uses for the the musical bacon segment, she's got a whole playlist for it. Um, but hey, let's go ahead and jump right in. This is again Rust Belt, and the song is "When I'm Feeling Manic."
Russ. That was amazing. Russ Belt. When I'm feeling manic, tell me about it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I mean, like I love the I love like the the choir singers in there too, and uh, obviously like that really striking electro keyboard that's going on in the yeah. background. Just like all the like elements together make a really great song. And yeah. I'm like, when I'm manic, I think about you. Like it's pretty awesome. He's empty all the time until he's manic, and he thinks about probably some girl that he yeah. loves. You know, it's pretty pretty sweet. It's such a good uh, the 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 instrumental track behind it is just absolutely. Awesome. I mean, just amazing. And then you add in his his great vocals and and good lyrics. It's just it's a perfect it's a perfect uh, uh, equation. I love it. I agree. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into our Wisconsin beverage segment here. We're gonna review a little brew. Yeah. So this one kind of popped out of me. Like it's super bright yellow and pink. Yeah. And it was another lakefront actually, which I'm a huge fan of lakefront. I know you are. We had Russ on the show and. Really proud to have proud moment in my life for somebody that I really respect and uh, like in the brewing industry. Eric's ripping things off the table over yeah, there, so uh, he's, sorry, going, he's going macho man over there. I just I took the whole fucking. He's boom like, arm screw it, I'm just, taking it with me, brother. Yeah, I, I just wanted to stand up, so I ripped the whole boom arm out of the table. <laughs> but the one I I we we found it was a I think I found it at Sendix was the M Walkie uh, Brucicle, mm-hmm. um, kind of a limited release for the summertime here, which is really awesome. Kind of another light beer that we like to talk about, so you're not when you're sweating your ass off you don't want to be drinking a pretty thick brew this one's perfect yeah. for the summertime or even something with a good you know kick to the nuts with you know ipas and stuff it's like this one's kind of nice yeah it really is and this one the can has like a popsicle on it called mm walkie brucicle mm walkie baby mm. but no it's just a really good beer um the really cool thing that i like about it is how it pours it's actually a reddish color when it pours yum yeah and i'm not actually sure what's causing that because it's more of like maybe hints I guess of like a popsicle to it. I'm getting a little bit of the lemon and strawberry flavor. Yeah. I'm kind of getting more of the breadiness from the Pilsner malt. I'm thinking when I'm drinking this right now. Yeah, it's coming in at five percent ABV, sixteen IBUs, and actually has the Hollertau the Hollertau Tower hops, which are kind of similar to your like domestics. You're gonna have in like a Miller Lite similar to that. Hollertau, Hollertau, but, but obviously it has like more fancier malts in there too. You're getting your like your two-year-old pale malt in there and stuff, and you're getting that hint of the popsicle. So you're getting that strawberry kind of yeah, uh, that summertime flavor. A little it's bit of lemon, tart. a little, little, it's little crisp. bit. It's I'm getting a lot of the breadiness on my on the on, yeah. on the finish here. Yeah, I like the carbonation though. It has like your similar domestic carbonation. Like when you get one poured out of like a. Um, if you go to a pub or something, they pour that nice crispy like shit beer into like a pint. Mm. Give me that middle light. Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Buff B dubs. B B dubs. But uh, but no, this one's really good. <laughs> and, and a recommendation for the summertime. Obviously, we are getting kind of that lightiness. The I the ABV is not very high, and you're kind of getting the summer flavors with like you're getting the um, strawberry. You're getting the like lemon lime flavor, kind of the popsicle flavor. I think that's kind of the tardiness I'm I'm getting. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's super subtle. It's not like you're drinking a it's, sour. Yeah, it's not like overbearing, which you get with some of those fruity beers. It's definitely not a Rattler. I mean, it's definitely a beer. Yeah. you know, it's and it's not, amazing. It's it it's got it's got a, a good little flavor punch. Um, that subtle tartness, nothing crazy. It's not going to make you pucker. But then, like you said. It is kind of like the perfect summertime brew where, you know, you're 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 not overdoing it. It's not super, super heavy. It's not huge IPA, you know, kind of uh, uh, ABV status. 
It's it's good. Yeah, and you can still get shit done if you're gonna power wash the side of your house. Yeah. Hey, grab one of these. Not gonna kill you. You can still use a Milwaukee sawzall if you're gonna have some. Of these. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you might not want to power wash if you're having the IPAs. You know, power wash no. is pretty good pressure on her, so you don't want to. You could you could you end up taking a shit. layer of epidermis off. Yeah, you want to wreck your shit, bud. Yeah, I guess they probably shouldn't use a sawzall either. Uh that's questionable. Yeah. You could miter a forty-five in your fingers, but no one's going to say anything. Hey, the other thing <laughs> I wanted to, you know, talk about really quick, uh, because we were just, you know, uh, on a break during the Fourth of July, uh, over the Independence holiday. There, you you were safe from any uh, explosive uh, accidents. Yeah, right? yeah. You want to know what? There there wasn't a ton of beer involved, and for I had a lot of kids yeah. around. Didn't want to be the uh, drunkle, if you will. You with wanna, other, yeah, trip with over, like, yeah, trip over kids. All yeah, drunk. This, just drunk. Like, hey, buddy, push them out of the way where you're trying. Yeah. I'm letting this thing. Oh, this yard is really lumpy. You're just walking over kids. And talking about lakefront, too, on top of that, we have a small correction to make with the tenudas. We oh, had yeah. the wrong. T- the only tenudas I knew in Milwaukee was the, the Italian restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. It's actually a deli down in Kenosha. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, so um, we wanted to make a quick correction on that. I forgot yeah. to put the lakefront on top of it all. Yeah. Thank you to Daniel. Uh, yeah, lighting. for correcting us. Because um, literally, the tenudas, I've had some spaghetti meatballs you yes. know what i mean like i haven't had like, I, i've had an italian restaurant but he, he he let us know too he's like dude this is one of the the, the best you know little delis i mean around yes period. if you're, if you're like, definitely down in kenosha check out let us know you think it's news i've actually never been there yeah it's it's I've on my kenosha, list now i've been on kenosha multiple times obviously like i love the museums down there and yeah. stuff but i've never I, been there i studied at carthage college for a while Did so you? Oh, and, nice. and, and i graduated from gateway technical college which is yeah, almost all their classes were most in, of their campus are Racine, Kenosha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, almost all my marketing Elkhorn. and business classes were in. Uh, oh yeah, were, I bet. were in Kenosha. So more of my science, I took some science stuff there. Yeah, I took physics and a couple other. Classes. The Elkhorn campus is mostly like nursing and like yeah, some of re- your uh, gen eds. They have some some of the CAD classes were there when I was taking those. But true, they, a, a, you were also down in the the one that was in like uh, uh, Sturdivant, Sturdivant, which is their CAD I center. Yeah. Um, Remember when we went to the. Um, uh, uh, Museum of uh, Science, Science and, and Industry. Yeah, yeah. That, that was all. I love it. Through Gateway. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a good time. You and I hopped on the bus and, and just, just like, went and had fun. Yeah, he was. A, he he calls me up one day. He goes, Sturge, what are you doing? You want to go to the Chicago Museum? And I was like, Yeah, I guess. Is it free? And he's like, Yeah, just hop on the bus. And, and they're gonna pass like, out snacks on the bus. And I was like, No shit. Yeah, it was. And awesome. they did. It was pretty awesome. I got those uh, peanut butter crackers and everything i mean i mean look i still love that museum even though it's a little more kid oriented that was a fun you time. and i were walking through the plane i think that they had in there it was a sub and we were, submarine and we were pretending like we were the pilots of it or yeah whatever. like all right captain we weren't even drunk we were no just hanging we were just out. being stupid like we yeah. usually are so it was fun it was, yeah, fun, it was, it was a good time yeah so another good recommendation there uh if you do have time uh, if you're heading down from the Kenosha area after after you have the deli, it's always tough to cross the border, down. but it's a really cool place over the border to check out. Yeah, and and uh, you know as much as I hate you know the the state of, of Illinois, I mean they they've got some cool things that they I like really to do. enjoy there. So um, they can they can absolutely come up here to Lake Geneva as much as they want, head up to you know Manaqua as <laughs> yeah, much as they want. Door but, County, Manaqua, Bayfield, yeah. Wisconsin Dells, and Lake Geneva, the home for the fib. Yeah, in Wisconsin. <laughs> That's why usually I don't go to those places. I usually go to the like, kind of the outsider shit, dive bars and like yeah. really cool hiking spots. Just stick to my uh, normal like Waukesha life here now. Yeah. Even Milwaukee, you don't see a whole lot of them coming there anyway, except for the, the sports events. It's which, like, like a lot of the places we go to like Eagle River in the summer when there's yeah. not the snowmobiles. Like because just I like, enjoy Eagle River. I like exactly. hiking up there and fishing. There's no one up there. You know, yeah. it's not a tourist spot. So it's great. You yeah. know, 
those kind unfortunately, of unfortunately i you know around the the fourth of july holiday after we got back from colorado uh my brother uh was in town for a little while and we enjoyed lake geneva and when i said What'd we enjoyed think? lake geneva you hated it well dude it's just like <laughs> it's too much it really is the town is so small there's one major road in and out and it is unbelievably difficult during the the like the summer months. It, it's crazy. It's, it's like, like going the Phoenician Fest. You get murdered trying to exactly. get downtown. I mean, the, the amount the amount of cars in such a small area is is fucked. And you then think- the amount of people trying to cross crosswalks in that in that space with all those cars trying to also drive on that same roadway. It's it's just too much, man. It really is. It just drives. I get my anxiety goes out of the fucking roof. Yeah. So I don't go there. And now, with that <laughs> really. being said, once you're out of your car, you have found a parking space. Just fucking walk the rest of the day. Yeah, you might as well. Because it is it is going to be the only thing that's that's manageable for you. Make sure you're paid up on your parking. The app makes it easy. You can you know pay for it or renew your stuff as you're going throughout the day. But like, yeah. Getting in and getting out is a is a hectic mess. Once you're there, just walk around, go and enjoy, get some kill wins, you know, hit up a restaurant, go to Champs, shoot some basketball. Oh, yeah, dude, you got to go to Champs right when you get there yeah. take a couple shots down before you have to walk around. Exactly, yeah, loosen up a dude, bit. Dude, you have to, really. <laughs> just chug a couple brewskis before you head out there. With that being said, you know, it's it's it feels like you're in Illinois for that quick moment, uh, the amount of Illinois license plates you see and stuff, but... I'm glad you were safe from any uh, explosive uh, accidents and, yeah. and harmful stuff. Yeah. I'm alive, man. I didn't even i I saw some fireworks out of a window one time. That I, was it. That was it. Yeah, I didn't didn't sit and enjoy like a fireworks display this year. Normally we do. Uh, normally we're out on Lauderdale Lake uh, on the boat and we you know watch the night display there, but we didn't do that this year. Honestly, so. what I liked more than the fireworks, we went to the rhythm and booms. Is I enjoyed the orchestra mm-hmm. more than anything. I, I honestly could have just went home after that. To be rhythm honest. and booms is a awesome celebration. It really is. Man. It was great. Like I just enjoyed the orchestra. I could have yeah. just went home after that and been fine with my night. To That's be awesome, man. Yeah, I, I like that kind of stuff. But yeah, again, check out Milwaukee Brucicle. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many logos you have? All right, folks, it's been a while, but you know what this time it is today. It's the time for the how many locals you Nice. <laughs> nice sound pad. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, it's not often that we uh, that we use that drop anymore. But oh, man, it's so the, funny. The old Russ nice drop nice. is just fantastic. It really is. It's so, uh, and it's so colorful. Way, what better way to celebrate us being back after a couple weeks than to just get a nice little nice yeah <laughs> oh god uh, it's so we'll see how many times we can get it's that so in this beautiful episode. all right so what do we got today eric i know you had one that we uh, was sent to us by a listener yeah and in fact you know i thought i had it pulled up but of course i don't nice it takes me two seconds but we do know that we do know some of the gist of it exactly so the the overall idea here is we've got now obviously we've all been to a subway a sandwich shop right right uh, there is generally no drive-through. I've, t- I've taken a right? foot long once in a while. I've taken a couple six inches, you know. That's gross. Um, <laughs> it was sick. Oh, quick, quick before we get too far into this, we want to uh, shout out Greg Whalen again. Dude is on fire. How he, is he like finding? He these sent articles? us like fifty-two new articles, uh, all loco based. I mean, we um, have a list, but not that anywhere near this. I mean, we like kind of do it on the fly sometimes too. We like really run out. Fast. This is sometimes uh, that that. 
the the hardest part of the job is, is, it is just trying to find DI articles. Research? <laughs> yeah, and trying to keep them straight, which yeah, ones yeah. we've done and everything. This guy is a is a is a stellar listener who said, "You know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and help him out." So he Thank gave us so much for doing. He gave that. us hours of his life uh, finding these <laughs> yeah. articles, and he put them all together and sent them to us. So, but again, subway restaurants and typically there's no drive through, right? No. So uh, you would anticipate that every single time you go to a subway, you're going to have to get out of your car. You're going to have to go in to see the sandwich artist. You're going to have to tell them what you want. And then they're going to handcraft your sandwich right in front of you. Uh, not for this fucking guy. What did he do? Well, <laughs> this is Waterford, Wisconsin. A 75-year-old Waterford man has been cited for his first OWI uh, after crashing his SUV into a subway restaurant twice. Wow, first DUI seventy five though. Like this guy's yeah. not a normal drinker. Maybe this is why this has happened. But. I have a feeling this guy's been just evading. You think so? For so long, been lucky, right? He, he doesn't carry a pocket DUI like I do. No, yeah, the he pocket doesn't. breather. No. no, okay. He's old school, bro. Okay. <laughs> he's like fuck it. He he knows his limit. Clearly, if he's been doing, you know, at seventy five years old, he's been legal drinking age for quite a long time. Yeah, decent. So my my thing is he's definitely he's just been lucky uh, if you will. Now I just want to say this Subway restaurant is literally just down the street from the old Muskego house that I lived in. I was over at this Subway numerous times. Did you There's take a, a Chinese six inch from there? Oh yeah. Okay. I took a foot. You took a foot longer. Right Oof. in. T- <laughs> and and out. Did you get a ton of meat? Yeah. Ooh baby. Meat lovers. Ooh, holy smokes. Two kinds of cheese. Wow. Mustard. That's, that's a beef. Mayonnaise. You went the you went to nine yards. Did you get any vegetables or did you say fuck that? I no, the works. You got everything. The, oh you got everything? Okay. Put everything on. So there. you got some health food on there. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. And bacon. Okay. That's a health food. Close enough. That's a food group, I think. It is. Um so this is right over by the old house that I had, the old location for the studio. And I'm I'm over by this place all the time around this exact same time that this dude's fucking driving through it you so i had seen beamed. i'd seen the aftermath i wasn't there when this guy drove in i definitely wasn't in the passenger seat you just i definitely the, don't know this guy <laughs> you just saw the three quarter inch plywood on the windows when you got there <laughs> i definitely wasn't at valley green with this guy golfing and then headed over to subway to get a sandwich it wasn't him slow down it was some other fat guy okay um but according to a release uh, from the Waterford Police Department, the 75-year-old man crashed into the entrance of the Subway restaurant uh, at 818 Fox Lane, 1043 a.m. Tuesday morning. Uh, a video posted, the police department shows the driver put his SUV in reverse, back it out, shift into gear, and then proceed to crash into the restaurant a second time. Nice. So he DP'd the Subway. Yes, he did. Oh, my God. You yeah. forgot my tomatoes, you fucker. This guy is a two-pump chump. <laughs> He is, dude. He went ham. Went in, backed out, went in again, over. Uh, police say that the driver claimed that he pressed on his brakes, but they didn't work. Authorities say he later admitted to consuming alcohol just before the incident occurred, which, you know, whatever. There's a great uh, liquor store right down the street really? from this place as well called uh, Ammons. I mean, they've got everything you could possibly want, and they also have a tasting area inside of the liquor store. I didn't know that that was legal. 
I, I thought you couldn't consume in a liquor that's store. That's pretty I you sweet. Had to have a liquor you license. just kind of hang on, have a couple brewskis. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's upstairs. You can just chill and have a brew. Yeah. They have like one nice. of the biggest walk-in uh, beer caves I've ever seen. Can it's you, cool. Can you do like singles and stuff there? Too? Yeah. Oh, really? So yeah, you get build, a single drink. I used to then... build all of our old uh, packs. Oh, really? uh, There for from a while there. was cool. from there. Uh, before I discovered uh, um, what Total Wine and and uh, a couple other places. Sendix is awesome. Ammons was always the place that I would go. I mean, competitively priced, but. It's hard to compete with a place like Total Wine. Oh, for um, sure. But I mean, if you're just gonna go for a single, have a beer there, and then get yeah. a six pack to leave, that's pretty sweet. Actually, yeah, so. definitely cool. <laughs> um, so police, uh, uh, you know, they they obviously got this man to admit that he had definitely had a few, and the driver was uh, then taken to a local hospital for further evaluation and a local uh, uh, a blood draw at the local hospital too, so that way they could uh, have evidentiary evidentiary uh, stuff that they could you know provide in court. Um, he has since been cited for reckless driving along with the uh, the uh, OWI that we mentioned. Yep, yep. Um, officers say no one was actually hurt as a result of the crash. Well, this was early enough. This was 1043. I mean, I saw the video. Yeah. He smashes that motherfucker. He, he went in there, dude. It's a brick How, how did he do it twice? Though? That's what I don't know. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Another thing imagine, to say, like... this is uh, like, it is a... Late 2010s uh, uh, or, or early 2000s, probably like 2008, 2009-ish, um, GMC, like Denali, you a know, Yukon big uh, Yukon. Yeah. Um, he's able to go through some glass, some brick, some wood, and and, and the, the thing Denali looks too. like it probably still, yeah, and he fucking and he, totally smashed the counter. And the thing counter. looks pretty nice. Yeah. It's still drivable so, and actually a decent looking vehicle. Still. If I were the subway staff, I would have probably just made a sandwich, handed it to him through the window, and just let him on well, his we way. Don't, we don't have a drive through but here you go, bud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for helping us get this drive through You know, he, he engineered it. Um, I'm so glad. As, no, I, as Russ mentioned, there is actually a video of the, the incident. It's pretty as intense. Well, so, yeah. Um, uh, no other details at this time, so we don't know exactly the. I'm the guessing bl- he, blood alcohol content or anything. Uh, we we have age. We have it's his first. We got the two um, pump chump mayo ski. Obviously, on the wall. he's hungry, which is you know a common factor here with a lot of these OWIs in the state. You, you get a little ripped, and then you're like, ah, I could really use a subway sandwich. He he went healthier though. You know the bread absorbs, but I I go for the grease usually for the absorption. But now I do want to mention. I had heard recently that uh, uh, Subway bread is not actually bread. Really? What is the it? The sugar content in it is higher than what bread normally would be categorized as. Hmm. So it's like a food of its own. So it's yeasted, but more sugar in it. Yeah. Oh, so it's not healthy for you at all. It's terrible for you. Well, that's sad. Bread in general. Like, I actually do like Subway. Yeah. It's probably one of my, one of my favorite restaurants. You know what I'm getting today? J- uh, not Jimmy John's. Fuck Jimmy John's. Um, Cousins? No, the other one. Um, oh, a sub above. Uh, come on. Help me think of the damn name. Jersey Mike's. Oh, Jersey Mike's, yeah. Love Jersey Mike. You know what I love? Getting it Mike's way. What's Mike's way? It's got like the, the oil vinegar thing on mm-hmm. it, plus the seasonings. It's just a nice sandwich. Uh, I don't do their hot ones, though. Their hot sandwiches. Look I don't like man. those. Why? Oh, because here's the thing: it's a subway, it's a or a submarine type sandwich. To me, those are cold. That's a cold cut sandwich, right? I, my brain doesn't like the fact that you put it through like a toaster. I can't do it. Even when Subway, you just like the cold delicatessen style. Yeah. Like, even like, remember? Do you remember uh, Quiznos back in the day? Yeah. 
I didn't really enjoy it. Them putting it through that little toaster rack and having it go conveyor down. I just don't like it. My I, brain can't comprehend a hot Subway sandwich or Subway sandwich. I mean, sandwich. I, I have to agree that like I do like like the vegetables. I like the cold crunch yes. when you're biting into the, the crunch. cold crunch of the of the the cucumber and the oh, lettuce, yeah, the peppers and stuff, yeah. the banana peppers and stuff. You and yeah, I, I are on the same page. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. But no, so what do we got here? We got we don't have a lot of information. We have seventy five year old man, first yeah. DUI, numero uno. Double pump chomp mayo squirt against the wall from hitting the deli. There's also no fucking way that those brakes didn't work. There's no. not a, there's not even an ounce of rust. This is there's the rocker panels aren't really even rusty, and we're talking about a vehicle that's 20 years old. This guy leaves in a garage and he goes to the grocery store and back. He just yeah. had a few with Chuck and he got way too racked. Yeah, you know. Had a couple with Chuck and got fucked. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think you're right. And the fact that he backed it out, I think went back in. Literally, he probably was shit in his pants when he first went through. And he like backed up. He's like, oh shit. And he's just like scrambling. Because you know you've what been I mean? there. You've yeah, been there before been where you're frazzled. I've been scrambled. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Like, I've never like done anything crazy, but like there was one time I like went over a curb and I got all weird and like yeah. was backing up forward and back. I probably looked like a retard. And someone's <laughs> like, what the hell's wrong with this you guy? Got, you, got a, you got a little this wonky guy, This there guy's for special, a bro. But really, yeah. I wasn't special. I was just like frazzled with what I and did. And that to me is the thing is like, I think, I think you're right. I don't think it's the alcohol that necessarily. Um, he got frazzled. Let's yeah, for let's, sure. Let's admit that he, this he, is. I mean, when you go through a subway, you're you're like, oh my, you're like your adrenaline's pumping. Right. You don't know what's going on. Exactly. Like, he didn't mean to do the two pump. Exactly. He would have went for a single mayo squirt and left, but he yeah. like had to do double. But it, you know, he accidentally went in again. You know, and sometimes that's what happens. Uh, I he think went, I have went, an he idea. He went for the six inch, and then he went the full foot long. The exactly. Second time. Well, because actually, if you look at the picture. The whole GMC uh, Yukon Denali is in the restaurant. If you were to close the gap of where he just entered, the whole car would be in safely. So he parked in the restaurant. Pretty much. I mean, it's crazy. Did, did you you said you saw the aftermath? Did they have plywood on the windows? Did they use the plywood for a, for a while? Yeah. So uh, the whole entrance ended up having to to be you know like uh, at first it was like taped off. You know, with some you know stuff just to make sure that bugs and stuff aren't flying mm-hmm. around in there. But yeah, eventually they they really went to town. They went to Home Depot and, and got some three quarter inch yeah. and screwed her in. Yeah, and and again, you know, there, the, 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 how quickly they can fix these buildings now is amazing. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm sure it's probably fully up and running at this point, but just crazy. Um, it, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think I have a number. It's it, again. It's I, very hard for us to to be able to come a, up with this. It's his first time, seventy five years old. I mean, he might not have a lot in him at all. Yeah, he might just be over the limit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. had a three or four beers and just got frazzled when he like people probably went to put in reverse. He went to drive. He looked yeah. back and just jammed the gas, and all of a sudden the thing went forward. Total accident. Yeah, really. I, but know, with the alcohol in the system, it makes it not an accident. It doesn't help that the that the liquor's there, and that's I mean, the you, problem. I mean, this one would have been a slap on the wrist, like with your insurance company, if you like you like, because how have you ever put a car in reverse, looked back, and it went forward instead on it a little bit, and you, you realize and hit the brakes? I've done it before. I've never done that. No, on accident. Like I had an old truck. You didn't know if it was in gear, so right. like it, it was like in between gears, and it was drive instead of reverse. Yeah, and and I've done that. I have to admit, and I don't, I, I'm guessing that there just wasn't a subway there. No, yeah. it was not. It was like in a parking lot and there. Luckily there's no car in front of me because I probably would have bumped it. That's the difference between you and this guy. Yeah. And I had no, and I had no liquor in the system. no liquor in the system either. So, so what, what do you got for a number, Eric? Yeah. So I'm actually thinking this guy is probably at like I don't a four. 
Really? Yeah, I was I was honestly thinking maybe two, maybe eight loco. He might be a couple deep, but really, it's just a frazzle move, man. Yeah. It just like he shouldn't have had the liquor. If and even like he probably wasn't like that far over the limit to be honest. At, at a four, so at a four loco, that's one full can. Uh, at a full can, you're, you're probably borderline, at, maybe you're at that number, you plus know? or minus. You think? Yeah, yeah. I I, I can agree with the four loco. Yeah. We'll, we'll go four loco on this one, Eric. You want to sound the gavelless oldie? All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.